Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're here together, wherever you are. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. If you've never subscribed, please do. It helps our metrics. Please look at our website. Send us an email. We'll respond and reply. Thank you for your kind words of affirmation. Um, I do love that I get to do this, and I think it's an extraordinary time in the culture of the world um, decades from now if Christ has not returned. This technology piece, this like the agrarian piece and the industrial piece is, is going to be written about and there are going to be so many artifacts. Can you imagine how many cell phones will wind up in some museum someday? Well, because of this podcast, I get to come to you and speak to you and thankfully you are interested and want to listen. I I mentioned Nehemiah recently and his work in rebuilding of the wall. And I want to just read one small phrase out of the Nehemiah passage. And it tells you exactly what they were doing. And then I want to describe some of it. And it was, with one hand, they labored on the work. And with the other, they held a weapon. They held a weapon. A friend of mine who was a part of the work of Modern Homemakers, Homemakers by Choice, whose husband was a Navy CB. And that that was a very interesting job. And they lived in Navy life for 20 years, having 17 different homes during that time. And I have whined, yes, I have whined about our move, and she moved 17 times, and they had six children. So it was not just she and her husband. And Nehemiah, to her, as a wife of a military man, said many things that were important, and his theme verse, which is, I believe... Uh, what was written above the entrance of the CB Chapel in California. And here's, here's what was written over this chapel. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. And that's what her husband did. He was the builder. He got there. Um, Their motto was can do whatever job or whatever task they can do because when they would begin any ground war the CBs would go in and set up the runways for the plane you know the mash on television show for medical and all the utilities for the Marines to have their base well they can do that in about 48 hours and when in harm's way they needed to be armed when working. They were going in at the ground level and getting things ready for the military episode that was going to happen. And they were always armed to protect themselves, the enemy first and the builders second. That was always where they were trained and how they were trained to handle the enemy. And I was reading through Nehemiah recently and reading through this passage, and Nehemiah is an amazing book, 13 chapters long. Oh, do stop and ponder it and read it. Amazing uh, things that happened to one individual. Nehemiah was a cupbearer, 
and the Jews were returning after 70 years to Jerusalem. They had been under the rule of King Nebuchadnezzar. And I love that name. When my little girl, who's not little anymore, was going to Sunday school and learning Ubby Dubby talk. I don't know if you know what Ubby Dubby talk was, but it was Obakeba. That meant okay. So there, every syllable you put O, ba, K, ba. Did you get that? That was not Pig Latin. This was a different one, Obakeba. So she gets in the car after Sunday school class and um, so I say to her, well, honey, what, what did, oh, we talked about King Obageba. <laughs> and when we got home and I looked at her paperwork, it was King Nebuchadnezzar, which she could not say. And so King Nebuchadnezzar has always been King Obageba at our house. So this is, this is a time when they're going back to rebuild what has been torn down. And Nehemiah has a job. I just want you to remember that. He has a job. Some of you have a job. You have a job outside of your jobs of being wife and mother and homemaker and woman. You have another job. And, and that's what Nehemiah had. He had another job. And Nehemiah and Ezra are contemporaries. Ezra was a scribe and Nehemiah was the cupbearer. So this, this news came to Nehemiah and when he reads the news that the wall is horribly broken and he, he, want, he just feels inclined to pray and then he prays about it and he thinks about it and he feels inclined to go and do something about it. Now, what he goes to do is to help the people who have returned. Some of them have returned earlier. Some of them had never left and they had been living under false gods. So this mishmash of people who were trying to build a wall, and they were trying to rebuild the wall that was very important to the temple. And the, those who were against it were very against it because they had seen what happened when the Israelis, the Israelites began to be powerful and to be in charge and their God was helping them. And so he talks all the way through the first few chapters of the book Nehemiah until he decides that this is what he's going to do. And he goes to the king and he says, I, I, the king actually comes to him and the king says, you, you don't look well, you look sad. <laughs> he was sad. And that gave him an open door. And there's so many pieces I could stop. I want to stop at that one, though. When your child looks sad, when your husband looks sad, do you give them an open door? Or do you tell them, come on, let's get moving? Or do you say, oh, he'll get over that? that that's my former M.O., especially with my husband. I mean, after all, he's a big, hairy man. He, he, he's the strong guy around here. He, he'll get over that. And I learned the hard way. May I just say that I learned the hard way? And you could ask David Otto that, and he would tell you, yeah, that woman learned the hard, the slow, hard way. But I see his countenance, and I know when he is feeling sad or bereft about something. And I don't want him to feel he has to get over it, to move on. And that's what the king saw. He knew Nehemiah so well. Remember what the cupbearer did every time the king drank something. Wow, if he lived in Arizona, the cupbearer's job could be really busy. 
he had to sip from the cup first to make sure there wasn't any poison and that the king might die. So they knew each other very, very well. And he says, what can I do to help you? And the king sends him off with letters of recommendation and approval and good credit. And he can stop anywhere in Lebanon and get the cedars. He can do whatever he needs because he's got the king's stuff going with him. And so when we get to that chapter 4, which I had a throwaway in recently, we see that the, the powers that be are annoyed the Sanballat and Tobiah are saying, what are they doing? They're repairing the walls. Who do they think they are? They cannot just come in here. So the first thing they did was they set a guard to protect against them day and night. Okay? Set a guard. Do you set a guard? Do you set a guard in your heart with Christ that you feel his protection day and night? And then the work became so difficult and the Jews who lived near them came and said to them ten times from all the places where they live they will come up against us they wanted they wanted the workers to know there was going to be a problem they were going to be enemies there were going to be opponents these enemies had heard what they were doing and they did not want them to finish the wall if we return to the wall, each of us have his work from that day on. Half of his servants worked on construction, and half of them had spears and bows and shields and body armor. And that worked for a while. So you have a family of six people, and three of them are working, and three of them are protecting the other three themselves. That seems like that ought to work. But it didn't work. And the only thing that finally worked was that they were working with one hand. Are you left-handed? Is that your work hand? Are you right-handed? I'm right-handed. But I want you to know that I, I do a lot of things with both of my hands. I do many things with both of my hands. I clean the kitchen sink with both of my hands. When I put the ironing board up, I do it with both of my hands. When I take the clothes out to the clothesline, I do it with both of my hands. When I'm slicing and dicing something, I'm usually holding the knife and slicing and pounding and then gathering it up. And you know, at the end of the day, I know, I, I know that I've done a lot with both of my hands. And I know that the older I get, the more cuticle oil I put on. Because no matter how many kinds of gloves I have, and I do, I have sink gloves, I have sleep gloves, I have, I have lots of gloves. And still, I know the work of both of my hands together, I get done faster. And I, and I pause to think about what it would feel like. I don't know. Maybe we should all try it. Let's try a half a day with only working with one hand. Just one hand. Just one hand. That's all they could do. But with the other hand, they held the gun. They held the equipment. They held the artillery. The work was great, and they labored. Half of them held their spears from break of dawn until the stars came out. And then they came to believe that the best way was to wear one hand to work and one hand to protect themselves. And that's what they did. That's what they had to do to get the wall built and to get themselves protected. To get themselves protected. I don't know what it feels like to you to work with your hands, um, both hands. I don't know what it feels like if you only had one hand. What is your weapon? 
is yours a weapon like theirs is a weapon? Or is yours a weapon like Christ allows us to have? And I want to remind you that the scripture is full of places telling us that the enemy will always be after us and that we will always need to carry the sword of truth, that we will always have broken walls, not just around Jerusalem, but in our hearts and in our homes. And the picture here is just a picture, it's just a metaphor, but repairing, working with one hand and using the other hand as a symbol of prayer, using the other hand to ask God to guard your family, your home, your work, your heart, all the time, using both hands very differently, not engaging them both at one time, but engaging them together with two different jobs. So working with one hand is very clear that the children of Israel were called to do it, and in the end, they rebuilt the wall. They rebuilt the wall. Part of that wall remains today, um, thousands of years later. They worked to finish what they knew was necessary to protect the temple. I want to ask you to consider, will you do what is necessary to protect your temple, and the temple that God has given you charge over, your family, your work, your husband, the house you live in, whatever things that God has given you responsibility over? I assure you, without without anything more than one sentence of assurance. There is an enemy, the scripture calls the enemy, who is willing, desirous to devour you. He doesn't want to just nip at your hands or at your earlobes. He wants to devour you. Pray, pray. Use the weapon of prayer to protect yourself from this enemy. We are Modern Homemakers, and I'm Donna Otto. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of working with one hand and using the other to guard your life. Mm -hmm.